It's an attitude. Like I was saying, those when I was in Lagos, I didn't have a car. You know, you know, I don't know how Lagos is now, but those you had to rush to get a bus. You know, you go to the bus park. Molo is coming, Danfo is coming. I'm going back home. Maybe I went to church and stuff like that. It's getting late. I had one habit. I get to the bus stop. I never struggled for a bus. It was just my habit. They say, ah, move over there, rush. When everybody comes, you rush with them. I said, no, no, not me. I'm not used to rushing. Why not? The bus that will pick me up has been ordained by God to stop in front of me. So I always stood in one spot. And guess what? It never failed. They always stopped, stopped in front of me. People will run up and down. I didn't used to lose weight because of bus in Lagos. Me? God is my witness. I all, since I discovered that revelation, I always stood on one spot. I get to the bus stop. I scan. I say, this is where I'm standing. As one downfall is coming, people are moving towards it. You know, the conductor is not talking yet. Then, oh, uh, everybody will start rushing. Once it starts, banking steps back. I go back to my spot and I stand there. Finally, one bus will come. It will stop almost dead in front of me. Or maybe a few steps to the left, a few steps to the right. I'm not kidding about this. I gently go in and sit down. I said, no, I'm not going to rush. Why? My blessings are commanded. They are not games of chance. I'm talking about the principle of Sabbath. The attitude of Sabbath. So Abraham, what happened to him? Abraham, he knew this. For that reason, he was not hustling with a, a, a lot. Who will choose first? Who will choose first? Abraham just said to him, Abraham just looked and said, listen, anyone you choose, choose. When you're done, I'll take the rest. That's how blessed people behave. You know, some people, they hear of their appointments. They keep it from their friends. Why? The fewer of us who know, the better the chances. You're not blessed. You're not blessed yet. That's the truth. You hear scholarship is coming up. You don't let your friends know. Because if they know, all of them will compete. You're not blessed yet. Look, it's a sign that you're not blessed. When you start hiding things from people. Listen, a blessed man just says simply, if it's mine, it's coming. If it's mine, it's coming. I'm not going to call to beg them. Why? If it's mine, it's coming. Somebody may, may take it before you. It was not my own. Now, I'm going somewhere with all of this talk. So, for Israel, when God wanted to teach Israel this, you know how he taught it to them? He said, I want you to understand that man doesn't live by bread alone. Now, I'm adding many things together now. He said, for that reason, this is how you will keep my Sabbath. This is how you will keep it. There are different kinds of Sabbaths. There were days of Sabbath. And those ones also had different types. But the weekly Sabbath was from 6 p.m. on Friday, you did no work. To 6 p.m. on Saturday, you did nothing. If you did anything, you, soft, you, you were liable to be being executed. What was God telling them to do? Sit at home, love your wives, love your children, look around the house. It's not the day you clean the household. Don't think it's like, okay, let's the opportunity. You don't clean the house. You just lounge around. You don't even cook. Your slaves were not even allowed to cook. You were forbidden from kindling a fire. That is, you don't light a fire to cook anything. What do you just do? You just sit down there and do nothing. So you could go to the synagogue and hear the word of God. He had to be in your neighborhood. You could gather and eat together. You just fellowshiped. What was God trying to tell them? You see what I'm trying to say in a moment. Just, just pause there. They had Sabbath also on festival days. Like Passover also, also, was also a Sabbath day. For those who, who don't know, that's how come Jesus actually did not die on Friday and rise up on Sunday like we keep on saying Easter, you know, Resurrection Sunday. Jesus did not do anything like that, okay? Jesus died on Wednesday and rose up on Saturday evening and they saw him on Sunday morning. That was what happened. You say why? Because, you see, it had to be three days and three nights. Friday to Sunday is two days and two nights. Jesus said, I have to be... I must be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. Now, the confusion for a lot of people is that the Bible says it was before the Sabbath. Another version says it was after the Sabbath. There were two Sabbaths that year. There was a regular Friday to Saturday Sabbath. And then there was a high Sabbath on Wednesday, which was their Passover. So that week had two Sabbaths. 
So he was crucified before one Sabbath. So they said, let him not be on this on the Sabbath. It's unlawful for him to be on the tree, on the Sabbath, on the cross. So they brought him down before the high Sabbath. And the first day after the regular Sabbath, the women rushed in to go and finish embalming the body. And he was gone. So they went the day after the regular Sabbath, which was Sunday morning, and found he was already up from the dead. So he died on Wednesday and rose up on Saturday night. So that's three days and three nights. You can easily count it. Wednesday to Thursday, Thursday to Friday, Friday to Saturday. That's three days and three nights. All right, that's just by the way, not important, okay? And that's about how come we celebrate Easter on Friday. Easter was never a Christian holiday. It was a pagan holiday that was baptized. Uh, you get my point? They baptized it from now on. You are the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the thing said, Amen. And all the people started following. That's just what happened. Just by the way. So, now, we got an issue here. So, for them, that day of Sabbath existed every week and then certain high days. Another kind of Sabbath they had was Sabbath years. What was the Sabbath year? You farmed your land for six years. Then in the seventh year, you did no work. Again, it was a law for Israel. Now, back to what I was trying to say. What was God trying to say in all of these things? He was telling them in effect. It's not your labor. It's not your effort. You have to give room for me to demonstrate that I'm the one blessing you. So he said to them, it is vain for you to rise up early and go to bed late. Those who broke the law of Sabbath also will not sleep on time. Are you getting my point here? So he was saying to them, it's, it's, it's vain for you to rise up early and go to bed late, thereby eating the bread of sorrows. He said, because I give to my beloved even while they are asleep. That's the literal translation of that Psalm 127. God gives to his beloved even while they sleep. So the recognition of that fact is what Christians walk by that we will call Sabbath. That's why we are not always listening. Um, what is his name? Rick Jonah closes his church for one month in a year. He said, all members go to other churches. This is not the only church he will attend. Go and see how other churches are. Some pastors will say, if they go, they may not come back. Oh. And Rick Jonah says, hey, go, don't come back. If you like the place so much, then maybe you belong there. You don't belong here. Yeah. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. And this is the principle. A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. That is the principle of Sabbath. That's why Christians are not afraid to take holidays. That's why Christians are not afraid to shut down their businesses for a period. As if we are going on retreat, we are not working. They say business needs to be moving. They say they can move another time, not today. Your customers will go away. They will be back if they are ours. I don't know whether you get my point. Let me explain something to you. Christians, your life is not a game of chance. It's not strategic location that is blessing you. No, it's not strategic location. What God wants is to make you a strategic location. Are you getting my point? You are not looking for strategic location. You become a strategic location. That's what God is looking to do. That's the principle of Sabbath. That is the, that's the reason why a Christian can put off his phone at night. You can say business is over for today. I shut down my office line by 7 p.m. Clients may call you at night. Around what time? 11 p.m. Do I look like fire service? Why are they calling me at 11 p.m.? I'm not a doctor. I am not the police. I'm not the fire service. Why are you calling me at 11 p.m.? I trade in cement and house fittings. You want to call me at 11 p.m.? Sorry. Call me tomorrow. When we behave like that, it's not because we are glutons for punishment and we like to lose. No. We say that simply because we know that our lives are not games of chance. We are not playing. We are saying if indeed you are our customer, you will call back again by tomorrow. You will not keep us up till 12 midnight. Why? Because you may just call. And if you call at 12 midnight, you don't know what they call sleep. Like the Bible says, my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you three loaves. Remember, lend me three loaves. That is the principle. Listen, unless you are a doctor on emergency duty, which case not for you, it's for those who want to call you. You understand my point? Or you are a policeman who is also on emergency duty. 
or you're a fire serviceman, your business line should literally go off at night. And when they call, don't answer. Listen, if you mistakenly left it on, don't answer. You will be breaking the rule of Sabbath. That's the point I'm trying to make. For us believers, God didn't give us all those commandments like, thou shalt, thou shalt. We walk it out through spiritual enlightenment. There were no phones those days. So nobody gave laws concerning phones. But knowing the principle of Sabbath and knowing why men will leave their phone on 24 hours and pick every call, say, I'm expecting clients. And clients are keeping you up at night. They didn't call you. You're just waiting for them. That's what I mean. It shows you have broken the law of Sabbath. That's the point I'm trying to make. I hope you're getting my point here. Listen, sometimes you don't need your email. Listen to this. Delivered to you on the go. Sometimes we know we just create fads. Because you can get your email as you are moving. If email is not critical, it's not, you're not, I mean, how do I say it now? It's not critical, it's not a critical part of your function as a business. Check your meal twice a day. Okay, three times a day. Morning, halfway through the day, and when you are closing, reply the meals and shut it down. Are you getting my point? Don't let you are good on the road, you get an email, you still there, you want to process it. And then somebody will not tell you in business school that you see that's how to, that's how to be quick. You have to be on your toes. You have to be moving fast, 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 fast. Most of those principles are unbelieving principles. The Bible says, "He that believes does not, does not make haste. He doesn't make haste." Oh, people don't know it. We started this church today. Within six months, we were five thousand. Praise God, and young. Ministers, they get confused by such funny testimonies. The man didn't tell you, we're already well known where we were before we moved over here. Young boy will now, he won't sleep again. He'll be praying and preaching and walking day and night because they want the church to blow from nobody to 1,000 people, even in one year. The Bible says, he that believes is not in a hurry. I'm talking about the principle of Sabbath. We're talking about how to work for God, don't forget that. So in working for God, we understand this principle of Sabbath. And because we understand it, let's look at this. Because we understand it, we understand exactly what Jesus was saying here when he was talking to the disciples. The Bible says that there was a time he sent them out. And when they returned, all of them were so excited. They said, let us go back, master, and go and do some more work. But he said to them, come aside and rest for a while. Let's read that scripture. Mark chapter 6. What I'm trying to do is to explain to us how the practical side of it comes. I mean, how, how it manifests. But the practical side is not first. It's the spiritual aspect. Now he sent them out, you know, before this one. Alright? If we go to verse 7. The Bible says, And he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey, for their journey except a mere staff. They were to take no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, but to wear sandals. And he added, do not put on two tunics. And he said to them, wherever, he said, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Then he told them the things to do. Alright? Go to verse 13. The Bible says, and they were casting out many demons. And they were anointing with all many sick people and healing them. These were the things that happened when they went out. And believe me, if Jesus sends you out and you are seeing demons walking out and, you know, uh, you know, the sick being healed, when you lay hands on them, you want to continue the work. Now, that's a matter of fact. You will be excited. You won't want to stop. But look at what happened. Verse 30. The Bible says that the apostles gathered together with Jesus. And they reported to him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. Why? For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. The Bible now says in verse 32, They went away because of what the Lord just said. They went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. Let me begin to round up for today. All right? Now, what I'm going to bring out here, 
This again is a principle of Sabbath in manifestation. That is, they were out there walking. Many people want to get results. Listen, they want to, they want to go on break when they are tired. They want to go on break when things are no longer working. They want to go on break when they have problems. They want to go on break when they have serious crisis. But I want you to notice the time Jesus said they should go on break. It was while they were getting results and while they were eager to continue what they were doing. You know, when we were serving those days, many of you have done NYC and you've gone on endurance trek. How many people have done that? Endurance trek, NYC. Many people here. Very good. I served in Taraba State many years ago and the day of our endurance trek, our camp commander said, everybody set out. We set out very early in the morning and we were walking. We were walking. Okay, we set out very early, 5 a.m. We were out. Walking and walking and walking. And at the point in time, the camp commander ordered that we should stop and start going back. And guess what happened? We all started grumbling, no, now. You know, we still had energy in ourselves. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. But it might have been an experienced soldier. <laughs> Just everybody gave the order. All right, everybody turn. We're going back to camp. So we turned around and started walking back. Shortly after we started walking back, we began to drop <laughs> the wayside. <laughs> we began to drop by the wayside. Somebody is get tired here. Somebody will almost collapse. You see one girl, her friends are holding her up. One girl started crying, mommy, mommy, you know this kind of <laughs> What was the reason? When we started going, it was early in the morning. We got to that particular point, maybe around 10 in the morning. All right, we had been walking for hours, literally. But the man looked and said, they have to return back. He had calculated it. And from experience, he said, this people... <laughs> We wanted to turn back when we would start getting tired. <laughs> you know, young people's mindset. Our plan was that when we start getting tired, we would turn back. Yeah. But the man looked and said, no, you're already tired, you don't know. Me, I'm experienced. Yeah, turn. We, did it, we didn't make it halfway back when calamity began. <laughs> as soon as we got onto a major road, Without breaking the law, people were stopping vehicles and jumping inside the vehicle. No, how many soldiers were there? How many people would they catch? Now, why am I saying this? That was the kind of thing that happened to the, 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 the apostles. They were willing to keep going. And in business also, it will happen to you like that. You want to keep moving. But what I'm preaching today, listen, don't let the world teach you how to do things. Part of the work of God is that after a while, you say, let us prove it is God that is moving us forward, not ourselves. How do we prove it? We go home and do nothing. That's what I'm making. People don't realize it. In life, you must deliberate. You can't walk all the time. It's against the law of God. It's a sign that you have not taken hold of that covenant. When we're in Isaiah chapter 56, you notice something here. He always said, who respects my Sabbath? That's the first line. And not to talk about the fact that they hold on to the covenant. What, is, what am I going to say here? That is the, the sign that they understand that the blessing is coming from him is that they respect the principle of Sabbath. I'll give one example earlier. There are times that they know people, they say, we're not calling anybody. It's a principle. It's a principle of Sabbath. Another part of that principle is what I'm talking about now, in which deliberately Christians take time aside and said, it is time to do what? To rest. I'm not going to talk much about it. In fact, I've spoken extensively about it today. All right, maybe by next time I'll, I'll conclude it. But I just want to bring out an issue that it is work for God. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When you are sleeping, it is work for God. The Bible says it is vain to rise up early. He said, "I must walk the walk of Him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can walk, and when all men are mad in my own ways now should be asleep." It's important we get this principle. People think it's only the time that you are up and about that you are getting results. No. There's something God wants us to know. If you are always up and about, you are not blessed. Did you hear what I said? If you are always up and about, you are not blessed. One of the lessons, I was talking to my wife the other day, I said, look, one of the lessons you must learn if you are doing business, listen to this, is to, how do I say, cooperate with growth. Don't always force it. You hear what I said? You know the farmer, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to make the corn grow faster than it was planning to grow. 
If you like tie a rope and start stretching it, you can only kill it. What you do is you cultivate the earth, plant it, fertilize it, and do what? Watch it. If the corn is not growing the way you think it should grow, there's nothing you can do. You can only check, say, did we fertilize it enough? But that corn, you don't touch. If it says, I'm going to grow in three months, bros, even if you're in a hurry, say, my children are graduating in eight, in eight weeks, please, come on, you try and hasten the growth. Because I want to travel. <laughs> you call the farmer and say, come guys, guys, I need to travel. I need to harvest this thing before I travel. My, 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 my flight is booked for the 18th of September. By my calculation from the time of planting, three months will expire in October. Guys, no, I can't do that. Please, what are you going to do? And let me tell you the truth, that's how it is with life. That is how, listen, if you're always stressed out by what you are doing, go and check. Am I trying to force the corn to grow? Am I trying to force it? That's what a lot of people do. Uh, God has taught me that one, like ministry as an example. Apostle, you are my, Israel, you are my witness. I have never borrowed money to do anything in ministry. Why? Did you ever do that? When it was only me and you? Can't remember. Sometimes when I read that, ministers are owing money. Like, how did you manage to owe money? You must learn to cooperate with growth. You can't force it. What you do is learn to do what is right when it is right, and patience is a—I mean—it's a fruit of the spirit. You cannot force a business to succeed. You cannot force a ministry to grow. You can only do what is right and then let God do that which is pleasing in his sight. Do you know even Joab understood that? He told his brother, if the other people are strong for, too strong for you, I will come and help you. If my own people are too strong, because he divided himself into a group when they were attacked by different armies. If the other guys are too strong for me, you come and help me. He said, just make sure you show yourself valiant. For the cities, of, for, the, for the ark of our God, the cities of our God, he said something like that. He said, then let the Lord do that which is pleasing in his sight. That it just be courageous, that's all. If after that you lose the battle too bad, that was what he told his brother. Joab was a tough man of war. But he understood that victory belongs to God. The only thing we can do is to show courage. After that, that's the end. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm not saying as Christians, we should be failing anyhow. But also as Christians, we should learn not to feel bad if something fails. A man chases a woman for some time. The woman runs away. He's feeling bad. I'm a failure of, I'm a failing chaser. There's nothing. (laughs) Look, there's nothing. It just didn't work. Like I always say, he takes away the first to establish the second. That's all. As a believer, any business I do must succeed is a lie. As a business, as a believer, any business you do that's not good for you must fail. Anyone you are doing that God did not send will not do well. And it is wisdom to quickly know that this one, God is not in it. You pull your hand out. Go and listen to my message. Take that loss. It's very important. Don't use a Listen, what you can do with growth is to cooperate with it. You can't force it. As a believer, you pray. Eh? You pray. You confess the word of God. You make sure. Listen, these are the principles. Diligence is one of our traits. Everything we do, we do with righteousness. We make sure we always do what is right. You don't cheat people. You don't owe people recklessly. If you can't pay staff, lay them off nicely. Stop telling stories. You know, the other man has not paid, the other man has not paid, the other man has not paid. Please, make sure that one comes to an end quickly. Do all of this. Make sure you're always doing what is right. And if you've done everything that is right, and the thing does not grow, let's put it like this, it's not your fault. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. I'm talking about the principle of Sabbath. It's not, look, listen, please, don't miss it when I start teaching Ecclesiastes. When I studied Ecclesiastes, I understood that, yeah, this life is easier. I don't want to start teaching it now. Solomon explained that, listen, when I said there is a time for everything, you know, what we, you know how we interpret it? That 
There's a time to eat, there's a time not to eat. Which is not totally wrong, but that was not what he said. What Solomon actually said is that there's a time for everything. The time for launching of Facebook has been predetermined. It was not dependent on Mark Zuckerberg. I don't have to explain that. That's what he said. He said, I observed it. He said, forget that thing. Google is not the idea of Sergey Brin or Larry Page. The year the Google came into existence was determined. There was a time for the release of Google. We interpret it like, listen, you know, there's a time to sleep, there's a time to wake up, which is not a lie, like I said. But what he was saying is that certain things are predetermined. So what is a man supposed to do? That's what I'm talking about. He says, so, he says Solomon was saying, in effect, please, when, when, oh God, please, don't miss it when I start teaching this thing. Because it will make your life easy. Solomon said, listen, what you do is, in anything you do, fear God, walk in righteousness, and make sure you enjoy doing it. That's what he said. He said, when you do all of these things, when the time for prosperity comes, it will show. I don't know whether you get my point. He said, Solomon said, listen, there is nothing like, a, you know, he showed that people go through many phases in life. And he explained that in all of them, he said some people obey all the principles of doing business, but they fail. It's not new. Solomon wrote it. He said some people do everything wrong, but they succeed. He said, so I determined it was time and chance that happens to them. Ajilu to know said something. He said, if I knew the principles of accounting, I would never have succeeded. He said, why? I did everything wrong when he learned accounting later. That everything I did was wrong. But here I am today. <laughs> now, he wasn't saying people should start doing wrong accounting. He said, but at that time, I did not know it. But I enjoyed what I was doing. He failed many times, so don't think everything he did succeeded. He almost killed himself a few times. I hope you are getting my point here. I'm talking about the principle of Sabbath. I realized, after I read Solomon, I read Ecclesiastes. I made up my mind that Solomon said, Banky, are you called to teach? And I said, yes. He said, make sure every day you are teaching, you are enjoying it. Enjoy the teaching as if it's the last day to teach. Sit down there and teach and teach and teach. He said, because you cannot force ministry to grow. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You can't force anything to happen. That is why when it's time to sleep, put off your phone and sleep. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Put off your phone and sleep. You go to a bank to apply for a loan. Tomorrow is, you know, if I say this, it makes some people laugh. You're supposed to see the account officer, or what they call them now, the loan officer, the following day. Some people this night, they are so insane. They are casting the name of Jesus. We cast down, we bind no, don't do that. The night before, please sleep. I know some people won't understand what I've said. So there are forces that said they won't, you won't get it. If they can say it, it was not your own. Ah, I have learned that one. Many of the prayers Christians pray are the reasons God can't do anything. Say, Lord, move. Say, the boy is still praying. <laughs> move now. Say, the boy is still praying. So, Lord, why don't you want to move? He has not finished praying. Uh, it, it sounds like a joke. I am not joking about it. Let me ask you a simple question. Which prayer did David pray for Samuel to come to his house? Lord, I call Samuel in the name of Jesus. Samuel will come to this house and anoint me and he will show that indeed I'm a king. Ah. Which prayer did Joseph pray? For Pharaoh to send for him. I was listening to one message the other day. You know what the man of God said? He said that was one man that not one single prayer was recorded as coming from his mouth in the whole Bible. Joseph. I never, it never struck me before. That from beginning to the end, Joseph never prayed. <laughs> Did you ever think about it before? When I heard it, I said, what? That guy was not a prayer warrior. Say no. He was not a prayer warrior. He was a righteous warrior. Yeah. He was just a righteous man. When I say do this, say no. We're not doing. 
That's bad. The God of my father said, if I catch you, now have fire with that. Oh. And I said, what? God wouldn't know. He said, no, no, no. Everything in life has boundaries. These are the boundaries in this house. You are excluded from the boundary. That was the only thing Joseph did. Joseph did not. <laughs> when I found out he did not pray, he was dreaming dreams and walking. And walking in righteousness. That's all. Pray? I'm not saying prayer is bad, though. Jabez prayed, though. <laughs> are you getting my point? So I'm not saying prayer is bad. Jabez prayed. But Joseph excelled beyond Jabez by every parameter. And did not utter one word of prayer. So you see, it's not a lot. In fact, you know some Christians, if I say this, you are going to laugh. But it's the truth. Some Christians will not be blessed until God doesn't hear their voice at night again. They say, ah, what do you do for John? God said, John? So go and tell him that if I ever hear his voice between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m., he, he will be on that spot for another two years. He said, God, why are you doing like that? He said, the boy thinks it is his prayer. So I need to let him know it is not. And if you look back, you will see those times that somebody died, you went for a party, somebody married, you were there dancing. It's only a day after that you got breakthrough. Because that was the only time God could persuade you not to pray. You were too busy. So God, they will say, Lord, it's not praying. Say, it's not praying. Quickly give me a small breakthrough. You wake up and you woke up to walk that day. No, you that I'm talking about, you go and just check your life. Say, it's true. The day I finally got that car for 70% of the price everybody was calling, it was a weekend after we had been struggling and struggling over my grandfather's barrier. I just came back and they said, ah, this man is selling the car the same quality for 30% less than other people. You check and say, it is true. The day I finally got the admission of that staff was the, one, the day after uh, Manchester United and the Chelsea and um, uh, Man City, all of them were playing for a week. I watched football the whole week. On Monday, I got breakthrough. Ha! He said it's true. Are you saying prayer is bad? No, no, no. God said no, prayer is not bad. Just that like you, your own prayer holds my hands. When you start praying, I, that, I want to, they let me do something. I say, Lord, I will not leave you. Lord, let not leave you. I will not leave you. I say, okay, okay, okay. Let's stay here together. I can't pray. <laughs> like I said, for some people, it's like that. So God says, okay, what are you going to do? You are going to sleep regularly. When you wake up in the morning, you just give thanks and go about your business. And you now start seeing breakthrough. Why? Some people think it is their prayer that is working. They think they know how to do it. We know how to bind fast and everything. God said, better eat, otherwise I won't listen. What is he trying to do? Simple. He said, my glory I will share with nobody else, including the prayer warrior. That's why prayer, what prayer? Oh God, let's go home. But the prayer you need eh, is a prayer that removes you from obstructing God. Did you hear what I said? There are prayers that, that you need to pray why? so as to remove yourself from obstructing God. Maybe you have finished calling everybody. Everybody is trying to help you. Say, Lord, today I want to pray for this my breakthrough. So what are you going to say? Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent of seeking human help. Did you notice that? You didn't say, Lord, give me a breakthrough. Say, Lord, I repent of seeking human help. What else? Say, Lord, I receive insight concerning what a man does when he goes to the next level. Are you getting my point? You see, you are correcting yourself. That's the prayer you need. After that, you relax. Breakthrough will start falling upon your head so rapid. So rapid. The rapidity of you will be surprised. Say, but I was praying for 10 years. God said, the prayer you were praying was to show that you had control. And I need to prove to you, you don't have any control. Don't let anybody teaching faith tell you you have control. You don't have. You don't have. Listen, you don't have. I'm sorry to say you don't have any control. There's no kind of confession you can't want to confess. You do not have any control. The only thing you can do is to lift up the word of God and the word of God thinks. There are many things you are doing that God says that's not your line, that's not your business, that's not your career. And all the prayer you have been praying to sustain something I don't want you to have. Say stop praying for a week. Let it collapse. What you call prayer is nothing but spiritualism. 
Because even if you are against God, if you open your mouth and say, you won't fall, you won't fall, you won't fall, this verse, you will stand, you will stand, you will stand, you will stand, you will stand. By the time you say it enough, the thing can't come down. All the evil spirits in your neighbor will be holding it up for you. <laughs> but guess what you're just say, Lord, I give you thanks because I was created for a purpose. Your will is working itself out in my life. I'm being conformed to the image of Christ. That thing drops, bam, to the floor and shatters. There are relationships in your life that need to shatter. Every month you've been offering recharge card to a woman as if saying bewitch. <laughs> Do you get my point? Your off- offering is here, God. Sacrifice makes you not vex. Vex now. <laughs> Think about it. You are giving offering to a human being. As is in a goddess, goddess Diana of the Ephesians. <laughs> Guys, say this week, no offering for you again. Next month, no offering. I'll give you my proposal six months ago. I'm not repeating it. Call me by yourself and say, you remember what I said six months ago. <laughs> say she may not. That's it. You do like that after two weeks. The relationship comes crumbling down. Go and check it. Your life becomes easy the following week. Suddenly you are breathing easier. You now see that, ah, now so fine sisters fold this, Josh. Now that girl block your eyes and you know they see again. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. Except you walk into this principle of rest. There are many things God wants to bless you with in life you will not receive. Many of the principles of prayer we think we have been operating are nothing but principles of manipulation. I've told you, stop writing confessions that are details. They are unnecessary. Detailed confessions are unnecessary. I am saying that one boldly. Detail all this one of, I confess, in the name of Jesus. She will be from around this ago. In the name of Jesus. That one is the reason why you marry Jezebel. You want to confess God's word, all you need to say is simple. Alright? Father, I thank you. Because you made Eve for Adam. And the help that I need, you have provided in Jesus' name. Very broad, very simple. Whether she'll be short or tall, the word of God will decide. I know what I'm telling you. Whether she'll be slim or fat, the word of God will decide. Whether she'll be fair or dark, the word of God will decide. Whether I should be Ethiopian or Caucasian, the word of God will decide. The only thing is that the day Adam sees Eve, he will say, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Can't draw a woman with your confession. It's not the will of God. Let's go home. Let's ask to our feet. I'm sure I'll free somebody. Your recharge card money now. Your budget, your budget has been rearranged. Apostle Joseph, some people can't give offering because they chase women. You can't be blessed like that. Money for offering. You are used to buy a charge card. Ah, you don't say that witches are pressing you at night. Why are you phoning them? Why won't they press you at night? They are using offering money to worship you. And you say which won't press you, press you at night. They will press you. But you have been delivered tonight in Jesus' name. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying you don't give offering, give gifts to young women. But do it out of generosity. You are happy. And I buy my wife things, but it's not so that she can marry me. You did it 17 years ago, so what's the big deal? <laughs> you are in. You are not going out. I don't believe in divorce. It's against the will of God. Even if you're angry, you pack to your father's house. The Bible says you will stay there. The day you want husband, you come back. This one that we will just leave and then find another person is against God's will. Hear it now. I need to start retraining believers. They've been seeing a lot of rubbish. They think it's a normal thing. This is what God says concerning if a man and a woman, Christians, they are boxing themselves, they're fighting every day. They now decide because to prevent the firing of gunshots into the chest, let them separate. You know what God said? No problem. You can separate. Then when you have separated, you will stay apart like that. You will remain like that. If one day you decide that this, your other room is lonely, <laughs> you will go and collect your wife back. That's what the Bible says. You will be reconciled to her. If you go and marry somebody else, you are living in adultery. Please, let's start learning the Bible again. We talk sometimes as if God did not talk. He spoke. When two Christians marry, if then they quarrel for each other, they decide, one decides to say, uh, the way this ministry be, pastor saying be pastor, me I teach I be apostle. So, so Mrs. B now decides that I'm an apostle to Kenya. Pastor Bang say I've been called by God to be teaching in Enugu. 
she now packs to Kenya. God said, no, wahala. It's bad though, but live like that. But that Kenya, where you did, your name is Anna, praying for the coming of Jesus. No other husband for you. If you wake up one day and say, I need a husband, God said, buy a Kenya Airway flight. Fly back to Enugu and be reconciled to Kingdom World Ministries. And if not me, start the wahala, I will go. Carry bright price again. Carry all the brethren. We will chatter a whole plane. We'll go to Kenya and kidnap the wife. Before Kenya authority knows what's happening, we are back in it. We'll be negotiating on the plane. That's what the Bible says. Please, I hope you are getting my point. The Bible does not allow us to say, because Mrs. B has gotten angry and left, Pastor Banky now has a right to pick one of the Okwekis with the conscious. <laughs> Nothing like that, too. Please, I hope we are clear. Yes. No, let's learn it. I'm not saying that's it's not no, that's why only Jesus told the disciples they say, Ah, John, in that case it's better not to marry. Because John was young. I guess he was single. Peter looked and looked and thought of his wife, say, Ah, and I wanted to use the anointing of Jesus to scatter the ministry. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, I hope you are getting my point too. Why did I even say that? Apostle, what started this? I don't know. Let's go home. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's give what they say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. I hope you are blessed today. Just say, Father, thank you. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for liberty. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for liberty. Say, Lord, thank you for freedom. Thank you for liberty. Thank him. Say, Lord, we thank you for freedom. We thank you for liberty. Say, Lord, I thank you for power to save you. Power to obey you. Power to let you walk. Power to rest. To walk in rest. To walk in rest. To walk in rest. To relax. To trust. So that I can walk into your blessing as a manifestation of your word. That power. That power, in the name of Jesus, I receive it. Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. I said, in the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. All right, it's well with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Goodness will go with you in Jesus' name. Amen. God's blessings will go with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Evil will not come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And your hands will not do evil in the name of Jesus. Amen. They said, pray. Jesus was teaching them. Pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from doing evil. You will not do evil in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not do evil in the name of Jesus. Amen. The power to resist temptation is given to you now again in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus saw a woman caught in the act of adultery. He said to her, go and sin no more. I say to you in the same manner, go and have the strength to resist evil in Jesus' name. You will not fall for temptation in the name of Jesus. That overpowering power that it seems like that pushes you to do iniquity, listen, is broken now in Jesus' name. It is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. It is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk in your victory. Just walk in victory. Don't be afraid. Don't be like, you know, I will tempt again. No. You have the power to overcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, good is coming your way. Hey, I I have another word for somebody. Listen, like I was preaching earlier, I know that was what for you. Just continue to do what is right. Listen, don't ever stop. You've thought about it. What else am I supposed to be doing? I don't know. Everything I know, I am doing. And this looks like the only work I have to do now. Eh, continue doing it. Why am I saying so? It has not yielded fruit like you thought it would. And you have been on it for some months. Maybe close to a year. But God said, this is your season of fruitfulness. Amen. It's your season of multiplication. Amen. Listen, you thought you were doing nothing. But actually, you were sowing seed into the ground. You were. You were being tempted to do what is wrong, but you resisted. That was a massive watering of a seed. You prayed. You said, Lord, thank you. You are blessing my work. I walk in righteousness. That's watering the seed. You may not see it yet, but it's actually going down. We are spiritual people. People of God, listen. We are spiritual people. Money for us is not just a physical thing. When we handle it, we are sowing spiritual seeds. When we use it in the market, we are sowing spiritual seeds. When we talk to our customers, we are sowing spiritual seeds. So for these months, you have been doing what is right. God said you have been sowing spiritual seeds. You have been watering them appropriately. Don't be discouraged just because the harvest has not yet come. Because soon the harvest will come. Amen. I said soon the harvest will come. Amen. And it will be a blessing to you. Amen. Now this is how you know the season of harvest. You will put in the same effort and get ten times the result. Amen. 
He said, put in the sickle because the harvest has come. At that point in time, don't be afraid. When you invested 10 naira before, this time around, boldly put in 50 naira. When you put in 1,000 before, don't be afraid. Boldly put in 50,000. Because this is the word of the Lord. Henceforth, the fruit will not fail in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will multiply abundantly for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, don't believe any story told you in books. So most of those books, they lie. Most of those books, they lie. I forgot my phone at home. I will have written, I will have read a quote from the mouth of Steve Jobs for you. Steve Jobs says something. He said, you can never connect the dots. Now, it's not in my Bible, but just said it properly. He said, you can never connect dots looking forward. You can only connect dots when you are looking backwards. He said, when it comes to success in life, he said, there's no way to plot it. You just have to believe in something. He said that you believe in God or your guts or in your karma. Or He quoted about four things. He said, you just have to believe in something. He said, because there is no way to plot success. Steve Jobs, oh, when I saw it, when I saw it, one of my colleagues, he said, choosing career, so specialty in medicine. We're giving lectures to medical students for this thing I went. And he just showed that thing. I quickly photographed the screen. Steve Jobs said, listen, you can't connect dots going forward. It's only when you are reached somewhere you look backwards and see how the dots connected. He said, how do you succeed? He said, you have to believe in something. He said, because there's no other way to succeed. I said, God in heaven, is this not what I've been teaching key people? There's someone will not write one stupid book and be telling you that seven keys of successful people. Those who have succeeded say it's a lie. Those who have succeeded say it's a lie. Those who write those books are professional writers. They will find something to write. Listen, what am I saying that to you? Don't be discouraged. You will prosper. Amen. You will do well. Amen. The seed you have sown, they will germinate. Amen. You know, God doesn't want to share glory. All those your 17 laws of power, they are sharing his glory. That's why he's been looking at you. There are books Christians must burn. They are books of idolatry. There was a man that began to molest little girls, and one day he was going to kill them. His wife left him for it, but one day, his wife took, came back with him to go and see Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin said to him, I could, that you have two evil spirits in you. He said, I could cast them out. He said, but there's no point because they are going to come back. The man said, what do I do? He said, fine. I will agree to cast the evil spirits out on one condition. That you will adhere to everything I have said strictly. I'm going to tell you strictly. The man said, yes, go ahead. He said, one, you were, the man was a psychologist. PhD in psychology. He used to write books on the minds of, of, um, of um, sexual criminals. While he was reading those books, those evil spirits jumped into him. So the Canadian said, first of all, you will go and take all those your professional books and burn them. The man took the books and burned them. And said, from now on, you will study your scriptures every day. The man agreed. He said, fine. He cast the spirit out of the man. He said, I didn't see any dramatic manifestation, but I knew two spirits left him. After that, the man became normal. There are evil spirits that are corrupting your business. You've read too many things. You are not reading your Bible. Steve Covey talks to you in the morning. John Mason in the evening. Everybody, Steve Covey. Some, I hope you know Steve Covey is a Mormon. Anthony Robbins is a, is he, is he, what is he now? He's a new age practitioner. Anthony Robbins does not believe in God. You cram them there and I think that's why you are going to succeed. Go and read the story of John Washington Carver. They said the man spent more time reading his, he was a scientist, a black man in times of slavery. He spent more time reading his Bible in his laboratory than he spent doing scientific research. But how did he used to get revelation? He would look and say, God, show me understanding what is inside this place. So one day he said, God said, what do you want? He said, I want to understand the universe. God said, your mind is too small. You can't understand it. As for something else, he said, okay. He took a groundnut. He said, God, show me something about the peanuts. He pulled out more than 100 products from groundnut. One of those was in the business. You are reading Steve Covey. Does it tell you about the law of grace? You need to read Psalm 23 and read it daily. Daily for 365 days in the morning. Breakfast. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads lead me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Do I want the value of the shadow of death? You just be quoting it anyhow. You now realize that business success is engineered by, by spirits. Angels talk to customers. Uh, one brother just came from Benin. He came to see me. You, you have seen there are some clothes you see me wear sometimes. Long robe with, uh, you know, with cufflinks, stripes. He, he sends them to me. That's what he does. He sends, just dash, dash them to me. Came to see me. He said, oh, God, ha. See what happened? He said, last month was dry. 
I said, no, in the name of Jesus, it is not recession for me. I'm a child of God. He said, I began to confess the word of God. He said, sir, this month, I have never had this amount of work in my life. He said, recession. He said, I have never, that this month, October, all my life, I've never had this amount of work. Listen, though, angels, they wake customer of Oppo. Go and read them on Shakari, happiest boy on earth. He wanted to sell a business. One man was sleeping at home. God woke him up. You, get up. Sonic came to his mind. Go and buy Demon Shakari's business. He said, the business is losing money. Go and buy it all the same. They negotiated. He said, I won't take your price. Demon Shakari and his father said, this is what we are selling. The man said, I'm not taking it. He slept again. God said, get up and go and buy. <laughs> so he called the man and said, listen, listen, guys, 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 I need to sleep. I need to sleep. You guys are not letting me sleep. <laughs> so when they signed the deal, he said, please, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. At least now, I can sleep. The Holy Spirit said to him, go and buy that business. I, why? Because the Moshe Karan begged God. When God told him that this is not what I told you to be doing. He said, Lord, okay, I'm very sorry, but please, I'm losing money. Can you just help me save small money? If I say it was so embarrassed, he looked at whether anybody was hearing it. God answers prayers. Oh. Sure. I don't think it's that I learned, I learned how to write my confession. You can't, you can't direct things. After you just give broad word, the word can think. The word of God thinks. Listen, good will come to you in Jesus' name. Stagnation is rebuked from your life in the name of Jesus. Good will come to you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke stagnation in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks for today. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Let's share the grace in fellowship. If you are coming for the first time, look at that piece of paper. We know that we are babalawos in Christ. We are not ashamed of it because we know we are the ones that really understand the mysteries of God. Being a babalao means you understand mysteries. And the mystery is in Christ. Amen? Amen? So we are the deepest of them all. And we have our incantations. Our incantations are what? The word of God. Scripture that we have lifted out from there. And we have put upon our lips. So let's do some incantating. Is that correct English? I invented if it doesn't, I mean, if it doesn't exist. It's my invent, invention and it works, alright? So let's do some incantating. Are we ready? Let's share the word of God. Let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the life of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. Now, for those coming for the first time, what we say one more time, we personalize it, all right? So let's do it one more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus. They will share with somebody on the left or on the right. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus. Share with another person. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication. All right, share our brethren.